Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back, and we'll go to Nate, who's waiting patiently, I hope. And, Nate, we get a lot of reports. One of the things that makes our information so updated is we get a lot of our reports from right in the field and on the water. I assume that's where you are. I'll tell you, Terry, it, uh, if you could have a picture of me right now, I am buried as far under the the counsel of my boat as possible to get out of the wind. But I'm up here guiding a, a Stillwater fly trip to Antero, and we've got a, a, a fairly stiff, probably 25-mile-an-hour breeze going on right now. But, uh, yes, we are live in the field. Uh, I think I've been floating on the water for about 13 to 14 days straight now. So, uh, yeah, we definitely have uh, have the information on the current bite. Yeah, well, it's, you know, the sacrifices you make to get to talk to me are are, uh, <laughs> are are understood. You know, I mean, this this that's just part of life. Now, the rest of the people probably appreciate it more than I do, though. So that's <laughs> <laughs> all kidding aside, Nate. I know you guys have been on the water. We got warm weather coming. We got a couple windy days with some chance of storms, but it looks like we're going to get into a warm, dry, drier period. Everything from low elevation to high elevation should just keep improving, don't you think? Absolutely, Terry. I mean, we have a lot of great bites going on. So kind of just kind of walk you through what we've been doing. Um, you know, as far as some some updates on fisheries, things like that, uh, Williams Fork, I, I know that my phone's been blowing up. It's probably more the situation that we guide there, so we get a lot of inquiries about there. But uh, that fishery is still closed to boating, so we have not seen that open to boating yet at Williams Fork. But all the other lake trout fisheries in the state are open uh, and fishing well. So to start kind of off with the, the bigger of the trout species, the lake trout bite is on. Uh, and honestly, Terry, we've had such a kind of a, a slower start to the runoff this year. Um, it's been fantastic. Because a lot of times, right as those Lakers start going, we get a lot of influx of water and kind of change the pattern a little bit. Uh, but with, with kind of the, the slower start to the runoff season, uh, the lake trout fisheries are fishing well. And that's being everything from Granby to Grand Lake. Uh, Taylor, Blue Mesa, Twin Lakes, all those fisheries have shallow fish, and, and that bite is hot. So so we talked about it last week, I know, but reaction fishing for big lakers is probably the first thing that, that is going right now for the big trout. Uh, so that's great. And then the South Park area, Spinney is still not open to boating I, either, just like Williams Fork, the low water. Um, it is coming up. Uh, unfortunately, I would not say it's not coming up at the rate that we were hoping for. Um, again, the kind of the slower start of the runoff, we were all predicting a little faster runoff, but the colder temps in the high country um, runoff has started, but by no means in a rush. Um, so it's really kind of uh, trickling into spinning. So, so that reservoir is still closed to boating, and from the looks of it, it will still be, uh, I would say, several weeks before we see that fishery open to boating uh, at the best. So I would not plan on on a quick opening anytime soon at Spinney, but the fishing is great across the board. So I'm at Intero today. The trout fishing's on fire, and that's going to be for both both conventional tackle and fly rod. Um, obviously, some of these windier days can kind of, you know, change the hatch around a little bit. Uh, but on the calmer days, the stillwater fly fishing bite is tremendous. Uh, the conventional tackle bite, whether you want to swim jigs or cast spoons, uh, the, the conventional tackle bite up here is great. Same thing at 11 mile. There's a stillwater fly bite on 11 mile as well as conventional tackle for the trout. At 11 mile, those fish are everywhere as far as the trout's regards. So you can literally fish flies or spoons or jigs in two to three feet of water and there's people out trolling with downrigger 
figures, uh, you know, 25, 30 feet below the surface catching those fish. So really a, a wide opportunity, 11 mile for the trout species. Um, and then spinny, even though we keep talking about being close to boating, obviously you can still shore fish. You can still, you know, launch all your hand launch, uh, you know, flotation devices. So the, the kayak anglers, the, the float tubers are, are absolutely having an amazing season at spinny. Uh, and even the shore anglers, a lot of those fish are sitting in about 10 to 14 feet of water. So being able to wade out to cast to the deeper water, or have some sort of floating device uh, is, is helping that fishery for sure. But again, spinny is hot. So trout across the board, I would say if, if you want a good day of great action uh it's hard to pass up a trout bite right now where we're sitting the temperatures in the low 50s and the activity level is just through the roof hey when you're um fishing from a boat with a fly rod at this time of the year i do have some go-to flies we talk all the time about the different spoons the jigs the crankbaits and all the ways and, and those are effective ways and i do them a lot but you know, I fly fish from the boat occasionally. What do you like to throw right now with the fly rod? Absolutely, Terry. You know, if you're out here and let's say you're getting a real early start and there's no really hatch starting off, um, almost all these fisheries ha- have leeches in them. So if you're at Spinney, you're at Antero, you're at 11 Mile, you're at the Delaney, you're at Lake John, um, you know, one of those kind of standard go-to early in the morning, late in the day flies uh, is fishing a leech pattern under an indicator. And that's a, a surefire way you're going to catch fish on that technique. It's easy to fish, again, under an indicator, you know, move it around a little bit, but for the most part you're just casting and letting it sit um, and that's kind of how I start the day and then as you go forth and the hatches start right now it, it's really it's a large midge hatch so it, it's a corona midge but you use the phrase uh, a lot in the South Park area even North Park everybody talks about buffalo midge and basically what the buffalo midge is just a larger form of that corona midge and it's just a, a great pattern so we're running snow cone style midges so whether that's going to be a, a white bead head a brass bead head um, a black bead head you're running a bead head midge um, and then color wise we're running a lot of olives a lot of blacks and a lot of reds and within red you have red you have wine you have maroon um, and usually all we're going to have some sort of wrap whether it's a silver wrap or a white wrap um, but those midges are, are on fire so i'd say that the majority of the day we're fishing midges under indicators running two flies our bottom fly is usually six to ten inches off the bottom uh secondary fly you know a foot to 18 inches above that bottom fly and the combination of those two you're catching fish all right so what about the warm water species what do you see in there Joe, we want to talk about pike first. So the pike bite this week has been kind of across the board. Uh, It's been better than it has been worse. We've had some incredible days for pike. So the pike in all the fisheries that we're targeting, so your 11 miles, uh, your terriols, those type fisheries, even spinny if you're going to be casting out there, those fish are 100% post-spawn. Again, that water in the low 50s, and they are feeding. Uh, the pike are in about, you know, shallow as 10 feet, as deep as about 18 feet. They tend to be suspending about 6 to 10 feet below the surface, um, and we're seeing some great pike action. Now, yesterday, we had a ton of, of storms roll through the South Park area. It kind of slowed it down a little bit just because our pressure was really high, so the, the barometric pressure was kind of through the roof. But in general, I would say that, that we are on a tremendous pike bite this year. Uh, so as long as you're on some semi-normal weather patterns, uh, that pike bite is definitely worth hitting. And the true patterns and the, the ways to create success for those big pike, it is all about a slow 
boring technique. Um, you know, we, we keep talking about this in the past, but it's the same type thing. If if you're fishing a lure, whether it's a swim bait, a stick bait, you know, any of your baits, if you look in the water and you think to yourself, man, that looks really good. That's not a bait that you want to be using. You want a slow, boring presentation. So we're running stick baits, and we're barely moving them through the water column. Uh, and that's what those big kind of, we don't want to say lazy, but the, those low active pike, that's what they're looking for. They want a big presentation. They want it barely moving, and it's a surefire way to catch some big fish. And we are seeing some large fish, lots and lots of fish, uh, breaking that 40-inch threshold uh, going on right now kind of on all the pike fisheries. So great time to target those big post spike well and a 40 inch pike in colorado is a heavy fish too that's it you know right now uh there's suckers spawning in all the creeks so those pike are gorging on suckers uh obviously all our fish all our fisheries get stocked with with rainbows in the spring the pike are activating on those so between the the multitude of food sources out there these pike are are fat uh, I mean, some of these fish we're catching almost look uncomfortable. Uh, they're so gorged out in this post-spawn state. So great fish for that. And then you kind of jump to the, the opposite end of the spectrum. You go down to the front range, the walleye action. Um, I would say the water temperature is creeping up, um, which honestly I love because it leads to very steady patterns. Uh, but it, the walleye bite is strong. Cherry Creek is fishing very strong. Chatfield is changing, like we talked about last week. That water continues uh, to come up in the in the water level. So they're on with the reallocation product project. Um, so that water level is rising at Chatfield, but nonetheless, the fishing is good. Uh, Pueblo is fishing very good. So all your main walleye fisheries um, are doing good. We're in the summer patterns. So jigs, live bait rigs, slip bobbers, all those structure style techniques uh, are catching a lot of walleyes in the front range right now. So a lot of activity on the walleye front, um, and you really can't go wrong. You're going to go out there, kind of pick your suit. If you're a strong live bait rigger, I would go with that. Your slow death hooks, uh, you know, your all your type style rigs um, with leeches, crawlers, that bites hot. If you're good with a jig, you throw a three-inch paddle tail jig right now, uh, you know, a little swim bait on a jig head, you are going to catch fish in a variety of depths. Uh, and then I had a lot of anglers this week that wanted to learn to slip bobber. So we did a lot of slip bobbering and, again, had, had great success on that. So right now for walleye, uh, we are in the summer pattern. I, I don't see these fish venturing back off the structure. So, so the structure bite started, and it's worth hitting for sure. Yeah, and it'll continue to get better. Our, you know, t- tend to see a transition where you, you do see less big fish as we get into June, but the numbers go way up. So you got to fish a little different for size. Is that what you're seeing, or is that not really changed yet? You know, every time that we see our walleyes first start hitting structure really hard, we do get a lot of those nice fish. Um, And not that they're always here, but I'm not going to lie about it. They do get picked off. So right when these fish first hit structure, we are seeing a lot of fish. I mean, the other day, uh, at Cherry Creek, you know, you're allowed three walleyes per angler. They all could be over 18. Of the three, only one over 21. And we had a lot of fish over that 21 that we actually had to kick back because we already had our, like, 22 inter in the, in the live well. So we are seeing some good fish. But slowly, a lot of those fish will get picked off or, or get educated and slide off on those more mature fish. So it, we're definitely approaching that season where it is more of a numbers game, more of an entertaining level to catch the fish. Uh, if you're strictly looking for those bigger fish, starting 
here in about a week or two, uh, I would definitely start looking for more suspended fish out in the basin. But when you can start to have the, the high number of walleye days on structure, it's hard to pass that up and go looking for those big fish. We put such a focus on those big fish in March and April. Uh, we're now in that time where it's time to have fun and just go out there and, and catch a lot of fish for sure. Well, and you're talking big numbers of fish, those active males and a lot of times different presentations. And once you find them, you're right. It's just a fun day of fishing. It really is. It's a good time. So I, I know you also wanted to kind of briefly touch on turkey hunting. We've still got a little bit of time left. What's happening there? Yeah, we just wanted to kind of wrap up the show with the turkey talk. So, I mean, as we talked, Terry, over the last even month, so many anglers have gotten into the sport of turkey hunting, and so many people are so excited about turkey hunting. But that opening weekend, every hunter in the woods is out. Um, I think by now, I think the rough stats are they're saying somewhere around 80% of the turkey hunters, whether successful or not, are, are out of the woods. So many people get that that winter cabin fever, and they hit it so hard early. And a lot of times the birds aren't active, or if they are active, they, they already have their group. So your your toms are with hens. Um, and even though they're gobbling, I wouldn't say they're necessarily a super easily callable or to break off of those hens that come into you. And so many hunters have dropped out, but now we're starting to see those hens uh, you know, getting on nests. We're starting to see the hens already being bred. So now is the time. So I would say literally just in the last week or so, we've seen the callability of these birds become so much easier. I mean, not even on a, a level to, to guess. Um, to where earlier we were really working hard to call these birds in. Now it is a hundred times easier to work these gobblers uh, than it was a month ago at the start of the season. So more just a, a word to the wise to the turkey hunters. If you did quit, if you've given up, Give it one more stab, because I promise you, these, these birds are more vocal than they have been, and more so, they are a much, much easier uh, to call in right now. Get yourself a hen decoy, a small jake decoy, uh, you know, work those yelps. It, it will shock you uh, at your results now versus a couple weeks ago. So, again, just encouragement to all the turkey hunters that, that have stopped. Um, get back out there. Now is the time. Uh, and then kind of the last bit of on updates. Obviously, we are in full-fledged guiding season, so if anybody's looking for a trip on any of the information we talked about, we'd love to get you on the boat. Uh, and more importantly, we have our catch rate event uh, this Wednesday evening. Uh, fishes from 4 to 8. We're going to have food for everybody. We want to encourage new anglers to come out. That's going to be held at Chatfield Reservoir, the North Boat Dock. There's no registration, or as far as no pre-registration. You show up at the North Boat Dock between 3 and 4 to sign up. It's $20 per species. And more than anything, we just want to encourage new anglers to come out here. You're going to meet a lot of anglers. You're going to see the techniques, see the bites happening. Uh, So, yeah, just encourage everybody. Write it down. Even if you don't fish it, come check it out. Come down to Chatfield North Boat Dock Wednesday. Uh, registration and check-in is between 3 and 4. Uh, the event runs 4 to 8. Again, free food at about 8 o'clock. Uh, just a great time. So we encourage everybody, a lot of new anglers, come out and check out Catcher. It's going to be a great time this Wednesday. All right. And if people want to book a trip or more information, tightlineoutdoors.com, tightlineoutdoors on every social media just about. Yep. That's it. All right, my friend. You and I probably need to take a fishing trip again pretty soon. I agree. Let's do it. Let's get it on the books. You haven't front-ended me for years, so. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> I, I, would, I would love to do that right now. <laughs> All right. You get back to your clients, and we'll All talk right, to you I'll again call, next call week. I'll call out of my cubby hole and get back to fishing. All right. Bye. Thank you, Nate. Nate Zielinski, Tightline Outdoors. Great report. We're going to take a time out. We, a time out.
when we come back, we're going to talk to you about a camping trailer, a tent-type trailer that's so unique, so well-priced, and so much fun. You're going to be want to go down and take a look at it. All that and more coming up on Cherry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. They let me know you were gone. James Taylor. I'm going to be seeing him in concert in New Orleans this fall. What a great talent he is. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Jack's has been serving the outdoor public for 65 years. I tell you what, I have a long history with Jack's going back into the 90s. They're just a special place for them. If you're into the outdoors, stop by one. And speaking of Jack's, let's go to the phones. And joining us from the store in West Loveland is uh, Tammy Osborne. Good morning, Tammy. Good morning, Terry. How are you? You know, I'm doing great, and uh, you know, I, we have Jacks on all the time. We talk about a lot of things, but you have a, a product that isn't available at every store, just a couple, but it is something you really have fallen in love with this product, haven't you? Oh, yeah. These are my babies. I love, I love these. Yep, and you started at the Broomfield store, uh, I think, bringing them in, and now you're at the West Loveland store. And that product is Jumping Jack Trailers, and you're having a special event at your store for them today with incredible prices. But first of all, just tell us, what about Jumping Jack? What is a Jumping Jack Trailer, and what makes it so great? Well, a Jumping Jack Trailer is a pop-up tent trailer. It's uh, extremely versatile. It's a toy hauler, a tent, a boat carrier, and a utility trailer all-in-one. And you can configure them to whatever you really want them to be, right? What sizes do they come in? They start uh, with a 4x6. They go up to 6x8, 6x12, and the jumbo 6x17. And are they hard to set up? Absolutely not. I can set one up by myself, um, unhook it from the vehicle, and have it ready to go in approximately five minutes. And it takes approximately seven seconds to put the tent up. It's got all. Yeah. Um, it, it's got everything you need. Just, it's so easy to do. And what separates them otherwise? I know there's some easy things you you like about it, or some. In addition to easy setup, you talked about the waterproofing and and their 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 taxability. And tell us about some of that. Yeah, so that's a 13 ounce marine grade waterproof infused canvas. Some of the heaviest duty zippers on the market. They're made, it is a family owned business going on, getting close to 20 years now. Um, they're made in Salt Lake City, um, so American made. Um, every accessory you could imagine, you can haul your propane, your cooler, a couple of water racks, all along with your ATVs or your razors, whatever you, you might have, even, even uh, motorcycles and dirt bikes um, on top, or you can throw a boat bar across the back and carry your canoes and, and paddle boards, all with your gear and your tent all right there together. And they come in a couple different variations. I think there's a standard and another. What, what Tell me about that. So there's a standard and a blackout. So the standard has uh, regular trailer tires and um, a regular trailer fender. And the blackout has all-terrain tires um, with a heavy-duty Jeep fender style. Um, that one sits up about an inch and a half more for clearance. Um, it, it's really nice, big, beefy, beefy look to it. Uh, that, that one's my favorite. <laughs> 
Now, if people are, if we pique people's interest, there's actually, these people are going to have a price increase real soon. Um, but you were able to hold that off, and you're actually having a demo with special pricing at your store today. Tell us what's going on. Absolutely. I have the jumping jack reps here um, at my location today um, until about 5 o'clock. They are um, doing show specials. So if you come in, you want to grab one. I've got four trailers right here right now on the lot uh, ready to go. And um, if you want us to order you one, it take us a couple months to get it, but a $500 deposit will hold that and hold that price. After today, the trailer prices will all go up by $1,000. So today is the day to do it. And what, what is a starting price? How, how low a price can I get into one to get out camping, haul my stuff? So today, the, they start at uh, $59.95. So just under six thousand, um, and they go up from there, depending on whether or not you get the standard or the blackout, and which size trailer and tent that you want. There are two different and size it, tents on the six by twelve. You can have a twelve foot tent, or you can have an eight foot tent with a patio. Wow, eight foot with a patio! I could sit on that patio with a glass of wine while I was outdoors. Absolutely. It sounds fantastic. It sounds fantastic. So they're going to be there all day. Tell people where your store is located. So we are at the West Loveland store, which is at 2665 West Eisenhower Boulevard here in Loveland. And that's the corner of Eisenhower and uh, Wilson. Now, I'll tell you what, folks. I went online and looked at Jumping Jack trailers and the way they're set up and the way they're built. They have a lot of videos online. I was totally impressed with this. If you're looking for a lightweight option, I'm sure they're really easy to tow, aren't they? They're ridiculously easy, easy to tow. Um, I've told people before, you can pull it with a bicycle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but they are titled as a utility trailer, so your taxes are going to be less. You're not going to pay a, a camper trailer taxes. Well, and I looked at it, and they look like just a tremendous opportunity. And with all the people that are getting into camping for the first time or going back to it as people have gone outdoors, what an easy um, way to just – pull into a campsite, be set up, and have all your stuff. It, they're worth taking a look at. They're just awesome. So today from, well, from now until about 5 o'clock, you're going to have the demos. you got one. You got units set up. The reps are there. But, you know, when, when people are there, they should stop by and just come in the store because you have so much to offer at that store anyway, right? Oh, absolutely. We have everything from pet food to lawnmowers. We have a greenhouse. We have a coffee bar with a uh, home uh, – Local made ice cream and just excellent coffee. Camping, we have clothing, footwear. Um, we even have a toy department. So, I mean, it's just what a great time if you've got any interest in going camping or tenting and you want a trailer to come down and look, get an incredible deal on the price, and uh, enjoy coming, popping into Jack's and taking a look. So, that's till five o'clock today with the Jumping Jack trailers. Tammy, thanks for joining us and sharing that with us. Thank you so much for having me, Terry. I appreciate it. And you guys don't forget, 2665 West Eisenhower Boulevard. All right. And that used to be an old Kmart. It's been all remodeled. Beautiful Jack's store. I've been in it. It's a combination outdoor, um, Jack's outdoor and farm and ranch. So it's just got about everything you need in life in that store. Even good grills. You guys got some great grilling accessories, too. Tammy, I'm sure, we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you so much, Terry. Have a good day. You bet. 
You bet. That was Tammy Osborne from Jack's Outdoors. Um, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, Chad Lachance is going to join us, and he's going to change things up. He's going to actually talk about trolling for trout. And I'm sure we'll talk other fishing, too. All that and more coming up on Terry Wixom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. So you're going to play one of my favorite Eagle songs while we're waiting. While, we're, while Chad is waiting to come on the line. That's not very fair to him. Don't let the sound of your own wheels You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phones. Waiting patiently, one of our favorite contributors and one of our longest-running contributors to this show, including being our first-ever fill-in host when I was one, on one of my important research trips, Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning. Terry, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good, and I was listening to Mark Schlereth's uh, ad about man aromatherapy, the smells of the grill, and I thought that that's one you and I can both identify with. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves the smell of my yard reaction, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, I know you fish multi-species. You go all over both fresh and salt water, all over North America and beyond, um, but you don't do a lot of shows trolling for trout, but sounds like you've been really getting into that the last few days. Tell us what's going on. Well, you know, my thing, Terry, is if, when you, if you want to expand as an angler, uh, you go with somebody that knows what they're doing, right, And uh, if at all possible. And, uh, and I've got a, a fishing guide buddy, Connor Foy, Apex Sport Fishing, over on the Western Slope. Uh, he's been on Fishful Thinker Television a few different times, but he let us know that he was on a, a really – uh, simple, basic trolling bite for trout. And we've had a good jillion emails over the years saying, hey, you know, all that fancy stuff you do in the big fancy boat, that's great, but I like to troll for trout. We really haven't done very much of it, very little. And so I thought, well, this would be a good chance to do it. So went over, drove over to the Western Slope and, uh, and fished with him for a couple of days. And the biggest reason I wanted to talk about it is not because I'm now a trolling expert, because I'm not a trolling expert, and that is the, really the secret to the whole thing. What it really occurred to me is the beauty of trolling for trout is it's not necessarily so precise as all the other trolling I've done. For instance, trolling for walleyes where you're, you know, you're following a specific contour break and everything's got to be, you know, your bait's got to be just the right zone and everything else, <clears throat> when, or, or the speed has to be just right. You got to do the right S turns and all this other stuff. Well, what I found after a couple of days in the boat with Connor over there was the trout was a lot more random about it, and it was more about staying persistent and maybe changing up specific baits that you have back there behind the boat than it was anything else. We got bit on inside turns and outside turns. We got bit over deep water and in shallower water. At the end of the day, it was as much as anything following where the breeze was going on the lake and trolling through there. And anytime we saw dimpling trout somewhere, we'd spend a little extra time trolling circles in that area or trolling little zigzags through there. But what it came down to is it doesn't have to be difficult. We didn't have to have specialized tackle to do it. And it was extremely productive <clears throat> for catching a bunch of the reservoir trout. And we caught trout from, I don't know, 15 to 22 inches or so, but pretty much a will. And we caught them on hard baits like Berkeley flicker shads and, and hit sticks. We also caught them on, on dodgers, you know, like a flasher. People may be familiar with a flasher or a dodger spoon. Uh, it's got a harness hanging off the back with some sort of a spinner or something like that on it, and then a single hook in which you put bait. We put gulp. We tipped them with uh, with little pieces of gulp. We tipped them with little pieces of maximum power bait. We also tipped them with actual night crawlers. 
just to kind of try different stuff. And what I found is most of it generally worked. We, we got bit with most of that stuff. It was more about being in the right area. And the right area was more determined by the conditions we were looking at than anything else. It wasn't a sonar unit that was telling us where to go. We were looking, well, the breeze is blowing along this steep bank. That's probably a likely spot. And we'd go troll down it and catch a couple of fish. So uh, that's really what it turned into. And for me, it was eye-opening because, one, we got constant action. And that's really fun, which means a lot of people are going to enjoy it. And, two, it just was much simpler than I thought. It wasn't. You know, Nate Zielinski, I love Nate, but Nate's like, it needs to be 212 feet behind the boat, and then it's going to be 609 feet to that planer board. you got to throw 1.1.62 miles an hour, and, and this was more like, all right, put the baits out there, get them behind the boat, and let's drive around and see what we catch. And we caught lots of fish, and I love that it doesn't have to be that precise. What specific reservoirs did you fish, and uh, don't you think that these techniques would apply to almost every reservoir in Colorado that has trout? Absolutely. And that's why that's really why I wanted to talk about it, because the, the big thing that Connor was driving home with me is like, look, this this stuff we're filming. We were on Rifle Gap, for the record, at Rifle Gap State Park. But he's like, we do the same thing because he trolls. He does a bunch of guiding. And, uh, and one of the things he does is troll for either lake trout or, or, or rainbow, you know, brown trout. And he's like, at the end of the day, when the when the going gets tough and we're not catching any fish or whatever's going wrong, I can always put baits out behind the boat and troll through the main base of the lake, and we will catch some trout. And that's all the different lakes he guides on, and that's definitely relevant. I think we could have been on Boyd Lake doing exactly what we were doing on Rifle Gap and been fine. I think we could have been at Spinney and doing the same thing, and we'd have been fine. Obviously, we'd have had to get rid of the, the scented stuff, but we would have caught him on the hard baits. Um, and so that's a key. You might have to be a little shallower, a little deeper, but we weren't even really measuring that because what we figured out over there was as long as you were in, in water, say, 20 feet or deeper, you could catch trout everywhere from right on the surface to right on the bottom. And uh, and so as long as you're not dragging on the bottom, then you're fine. It would, we didn't matter the depth range. And I think some of that is the seasonality of it uh, because as the lakes get warmer here on the front range particularly, there's going to be less trout high in the column and you're going to have to be deeper. But at that point, you put a snap weight on the same thing you had and get it deeper and go. And almost everybody's a better troller than me, but I can tell you at this point that I wouldn't have any problem trolling uh, and catching some trout with what I learned. And the other thing is this. We trolled the whole day on his electric motor. We did not, or both days, we did not troll on his kicker motor, even though he had that, because we didn't have enough wind to need it. And the electric motor is so much quieter. And the modern electric motors with the with the – uh, remote control be able to steer with the remote i mean it's very very simple just drive the boat around the electric motor it's so much easier and quieter and, and just a, a thoroughly enjoyable experience you know you really hit on something there and karen and i talk about this you know just um putting a little lunch in the boat you can even put a bimini top up if you want if you have that on your boat and just make sure you're dressed for the sun relax maybe take the kids or grandkids out and let them reel in some fish and it's a great way to just spend time. You can people watch when you're out on the water and have a good time, but catch fish. And a lot of these fish are stock trout that have grown bigger in the reservoirs. Reservoirs tend to provide them with more food. They get pretty big. And uh, you get some pretty nice table fare. Absolutely. That's the, one of the things we talked about a bunch. And and uh, and you're right. The, the fit, not only are they stocked, but they're not going to reproduce. So 
they're when they're put in the in the lake, they're they're a put and take fish. They're going to grow big. That's not to mean you need to take all of them or anything like that. But if you're going to keep a fish in this state, a stalker trout is probably the best one you could keep. And like like you said, what they put them in is eight to ten inches. By the time that thing's fifteen to twenty inches long, it's got big shoulders on it for one. They've gained a bunch of weight. They've picked up a bunch of body fat as well. So the meat looks delicious when you cut them, and they're they don't taste anything like that fresh stalker that you caught out of a pond, you know, two days after he was put in there. Uh, they're absolutely delicious. That's a key part of it, and uh, and that's something I think is important. In fact, the shows we filmed over there will have a cooking segment in them uh, about how we would handle one of those trout. Uh, if we were, you know, to decide to keep and eat some of them, but yeah, no question about that. Uh, the opportunity to eat some fish is good, and uh, and it's simple. And I mean, the other thing is, kayaks are all the rage. Uh, I think the fastest we trolled was 2.2 miles an hour, uh, two and a half miles an hour, maybe on some turn somewhere. But basically, we were staying somewhere between 1.2 and 2.2 miles an hour, and just cruising around. So you could do that in a kayak. You could do that in, in my little electric. Coleman Crawdad boat could very easily troll all day that way. <clears throat> and to get down, like, we, let's say we wanted the, the flicker shad to get deeper. It's not, not running deep enough. Well, you could put it, you know, farther behind the boat to, to a diminishing return. It'll get deeper that way. But you could also put a snap weight in front of it about 50 feet. And then all of a sudden, it's basically like a baby little downrigger ball. And you've got an ounce that's holding that thing down. You can attain whatever depth you need. So you can do it with your basic spinning tackle. It's, you know, you don't have to have specialized equipment to do it. Uh, we did use planer boards, but we caught more fish on the flat lines than we did the planer boards. And the planer boards were catching us baby pike because I'm sure you're familiar rifle gaps full of pike, and they suspend in the water over there, suspend in the column, and they picked up our trolling base quite a bit uh, on the outside planer boards, but none of them bit the flat lines, which are trolled right behind the boat, whereas the trout were biting more right behind the boat than they were out on the side. So it, I guess it just depends on the species a little bit, but uh yeah i would have no problem duplicating what we went and did and i had a lot more fun doing it than i anticipated when we were driving over there um why don't you give the guide a plug again that you were out with oh yeah connor foy i can't say enough good things about connor connor reminds me of austin parr of the front range just a really hard-working guy very polite well-spoken equipment's all clean uh boats new uh you know, it's just a really fantastic guy, a well-educated guy. Truth be told, Terry, he sent me a resume. That's how I met him years ago. He wanted to work for me, and I looked at his resume and like, geez, I need to make you run the company, not be a guide. He's a very smart, well-educated guy. And uh, but it's Connor Foy, Apex Sport Fishing, and uh, you can find him on social media, ApexSportFishing.com. And he guides on Rudai, he guides on uh, Rifle, he guides on Harvey, uh, he guides a couple other places. Lake trout, walleyes, uh, you know, pike, trout, all kinds of stuff, smallmouth, largemouth. And just for the record, we also did some walleye fishing with him while we were over there in Rifle Gap. I have not done a lot of walleye fishing on the western slope, and we absolutely pounded them. So uh, it was not difficult at all to catch walleyes over there. All right, let's change it up before we go. Oh, by the way, when will the shows air? Hmm. Those won't come out, unfortunately, Terry, till January. So those are going to be in the first couple of shows of season 26 of Fishful Thinker. And uh, unbelievable. Hard, hard to say that, right, Terry? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, the beginning of season 26 will be those shows. They'll be in the first quarter of next year. We got a couple minutes. How's things doing here? You live on Horsetooth. Can you update us about that? 
Yes, sir. Uh, lake's still coming in, or water's still coming in. It's within about 18 inches of full at this point. So I won't be surprised if they shut the inlet off any minute. Um, it's probably off, actually, this morning. I haven't been over there this morning to look. But, uh, but the lake's way up at this point. Temperatures are hovering just under 60 degrees. Uh, fish are kind of scattered, to be honest with you. I really would have expected fish to be up real tight around spawning stuff, or at least the smallmouth. But fish are seem to be scattered around. We're starting to get a bunch of bug hatches come off and uh, starting to see some panfish in the shallow water. But the lake's coming around. And actually, it's it's very busy so far, but it hasn't been out of control busy. It's been actually a little quieter than I thought it was going to be based on last year. And I'm out here right now, and there's uh, looking at the lake. There's a couple of boats out and about, but not real bad, and the weather's decent. So probably a good time to go fishing. And I'll throw out real quick, too, that... Boyd, Boyd has filled as well, and, uh, and and is still filling, so that water's running. A lot of people ask me about that. Well, um, how long before those bass will actually move on beds, do you think? Oh, I can almost guarantee you they'll be on beds by Memorial Day. I've been taking notes here for 20 years, and um, right around Memorial Day, typically it's right on or right around. Within a day or two on one side or the other, we'll start finding the first bedders on the lake. Um a lot of them, when the water's high and stable like it is now, I think you're going to find a lot of them are, are bedding a lot deeper than you think, and they, they're hard to spot because the water's not crystal clear. Uh, but I would expect you're going to see fish, certainly by the first week of June, they'll be on bed, even though the lake's behind right now. The smelt already did their thing. They, they did the spawn and die, had a smelt die off, as they always do. And, uh, and you know, the, all the birds had a heyday on that, and so now we should be moving forward. Like I said, I started seeing a couple of panfish yesterday in the shallows, and uh, that's typically a good sign as well. So there are a few fish being caught, and, and uh, I'll be out guiding a bunch this week on the main lake, and we'll learn a little bit more about what's going on as well. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned panfish. Panfish and largemouth in both the small lakes and ponds are going to really take off on this warm stretch we've got coming, I think. Absolutely. With the moon that we've got coming right now, we're headed for a full moon phase. It's timed perfect with the weather. I suspect that if you're a largemouth guy, uh, you should be fishing the next five to ten days. Uh, you should be, as the moon's coming on, we should, uh, I would expect any of the places that have largemouth in them will fish really well. And uh, smallmouth too, but especially the largemouth, any of the ponds, gravel quarry ponds up and down the front range, uh, should go real good right now and those fish i do encourage just the opposite of the trout those ponds are typically not stocked some of the biggest bass of the year will be caught uh please be gentle on those fish not drag them up in the sand and get them put back and they'll be there for you next year all right my friend we're out of time people want more information fishfulthinker.com fishfulthinker on facebook Yes, sir, and YouTube, uh, very important to us there. We're doing two to three videos a week on our YouTube channel. That's Official Thinker, and uh, and I'm currently booking for July at this point. So our guide trips are fairly booked. Dan's got a couple of days, uh, but I'm booking for the third week of July right now. All right, my friend, you and I have to fish again soon. So we haven't done well, that in a long time. I'll get you on my books, but I'll get you on my books. So we'll get out and do that. I would love to do it. Uh, I think we should go get after some of these horse-tooth walleyes. All right. Sounds like a great time. All right, Chad, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Hey, thanks, Terry. Appreciate it. You bet. Chad Lachance with Fishable Thinker. We'll take a quick time out. When I come back, we'll wrap up this week's edition of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.
going to try this again. We're going to wrap up this week's edition of Terry Wicks from Outdoors, and hopefully I won't hit the button that hangs me up so we lose it. <laughs> Karen's over here laughing at me. I guess I should say thanks to Kyle for trying to keep us on the air when I don't screw it up, and thanks to Karen for setting up this show. I'm going to hear about this all day now, folks, so I'm going to need your support. But anyway, if you're going out, check before you go. Drove by the Poudre River yesterday. It's running pretty high. In fact, they had to do some swift water rescues. That was, The rivers are going to really be varying right now, so check before you go somewhere. If you're going to go out fly fishing in some of the rivers as this water comes up, best advice I can give you is leave your waders at home. Most of the fish you're going to fish for are going to be close to the bank, and it just takes one false step in that current, and the bad things can happen. So watch out for that. we got a lot of warm weather coming up, and it's going to take the warm water fishing on the front range, and you're going to get into the numbers bites. You know, we've been catching more big fish, but now you're going to see numbers. You're going to see those days when you get 30, 40 fish, uh, walleyes and smallmouth, and it's going to be a good time. Uh, and it's just going to make for fun fishing in the lakes. The water's still coming up. It should stabilize pretty soon in most of these for a while, of course, before it starts going down again. Uh, okay, go out and hit the ponds. The ponds fishing for bass and panfish is going to be phenomenal. A couple of different ways to approach them. You can go out and look for, um, you can go after big fish and target a few bites like Ronnie Castiglione and I did. You can see that on my Facebook page. Uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, and you'll see we caught some very large bass. But you got to target those fish and fish for a few bites. If you go after the smaller bass and the panfish, this is the time of the year when they're going to start moving in. And if you fish a few different presentations, you can have a lot of action with smaller fish. And you may still get a big one. want to mention that next week, Hall of Fame angler Steve Panaz will join the show to give us some fishing tips. And I want to give another shout-out to the folks at um, Turfmaster Sod. I tell you what, I bought a little sod to fix a repair a couple places in my yard, and they they didn't pay for this, and I didn't get any discounts. I couldn't have been treated better by more knowledgeable people. And after the show, we're going to go say congratulations to Damon Lockray as he graduated from high school, so we're going to go to his graduation party this afternoon so congratulations damon that wraps up this show this great weather get outdoors join us next week from 9 to 11 right here on the fan we'll let the eagles take us to the top of the hour and golf on 104.3 the fan